What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshop Media Group. I am Mags, and uh, with me, pretty much as always now, uh, my podcast wife, Mr. Paul Talley. Paul, how are you, sir? I'm getting a reputation for it now, aren't I? What, turning up? Mr. No Days Off. <laughs> oh, two two episodes recorded last week, double recording this week. Uh, although one of them not not for us, but yeah, you're uh, you're putting in the work. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, been a hectic uh, few days with uh with the many 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 podcasts that I do. I've been now been dragged to be involved in another one, uh, which is a uh, I've seen that che- cheating on me. I know. See, I don't you, mind you, it when you're doing these group table ones, but when you're just doing a doing a, another two man gig, you, that, you, that that hurts, man. You don't satisfy me, Paul. Creatively, <laughs> be fair, be fair. I'm, 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 I met Simon last week, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I, I'd want a bit more Simon after last week. It's the beard. Yeah, I'm trying. And the, and the swearing like a trooper. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. I'm too polite. <laughs> Anyway, today's guest, uh, Paul, is uh, one of our both our favourites uh, in the in the I'd say wrestling community, but he's ditched us like a hot shit. Um, he's actually moved on away from us, us uh, wrestling fans, and become uh, a YouTube sensation. He's become a, a an actual human wrestler, which is just a shock. Uh, today, it's uh, one of the best people we've met on Twitter, Omega Luke. Luke, how are you, sir? I've been struggling so hard not to laugh so I could be heard before that from you two. You could crack me right up. Paul, <laughs> don't take it, mate. If he is cheating on you in another podcast, you need to get yourself on another podcast. And Max, I can't believe you're taking on yet another podcast. Listen, Luke, I uh, try and pimp this guy out to every podcast I know. <laughs> he, he actually farts against me for, from uh, getting involved in other podcasts. He's a one-man <laughs> show, isn't he? He's a one, yeah. he, he, he wants just one guy, and that is you, Max, and yet you betray him. Wherever, yeah. everyone else. Man has needs. I'm committed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been it's, it's well overdue in it since we've last had a chat. Yeah, I think the last episode was uh, Paul versus Luke, where uh, you were... Don't, don't remember it. Don't, no. Don't you don't remember it at all. <laughs> you don't remember getting absolutely trounced in a, in a, in a quiz about your own favourite topics of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Man United? Uh, no, because it was... Uh, <laughs> The questions, Max. The questions were were, were too difficult. Yeah, that, they were brutal. I need to. If start. I remember rightly, Max, you asked me what Gamora's race was called. Yeah. How how is anyone supposed to remember that? 
you know, I don't even I, I can find the actual answer, but I can't remember what it were. But it was very it was very hyphenated. Yeah, <laughs> I think we could do the quiz again tonight, and we still get half of them wrong. <laughs> yeah, even though yeah. we've heard the answers before, and get the ones wrong that you got right originally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so how is uh how's life treating how's life treating Omega Luke? It's not too bad, Max. Um, obviously, we're in the second lockdown now as we're recording this, which isn't isn't fantastic. Uh, a lot of things, obviously, in your having to go to work and then having things like wrestling, which I'm thoroughly enjoying, is like a, a getaway for me at the minute. Um, taken away, so I can't, you know, exercise or you know, get, relief any aggression that I have bit up in me. Um, and see all of my wrestling friends like that kind of thing. It, it sucks, obviously, family members as well. Uh, balancing them, seeing my my son and and things like that. So yeah, it's it's difficult at the minute. But there's a lot of people in a lot worse situations than me. So I need to remember that sometimes because I get too grumpy, and then I realise that you know there's people worse off for sure. But yeah, other than that, health wise, I'm good. Oh, that's that, that's good. And uh, you've been on this show many, many, many times. Uh, so we kind of wanted to to take a kind of different tack to uh, to this chat, and we wanted to to basically find out about how you um, went from one kind of a community to a totally other one, and and you've had amazing success. And we wanted to to kind of see how the land lies for for Omega Luke, but um, obviously with this being a Mount Rushmore-based uh, show, it would be a bit rude for us not to have some Mount Rushmores. Uh, so what we asked for you for for an opener is, uh, obviously with you learning to do to training wrestling and having your, your first match, what um, is the Mount Rushmore of things that you've learned from, from the training of being a pro wrestler? Yeah. Uh, so shall I just go one by one? Yeah, just go with it. So my first one, I think, is how difficult the simple things are because we watch wrestling all the time. You watch it and you think you, you take for granted certain things until you get in the ring and they ask you to do it. And you're like, I'm not sure how I would do it. Uh, for example, running the ropes, that is a lot harder than just running up ropes and bouncing off the other to, to the next. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's an actual technique about it. There's a point where you got to tang your body. You got to think about the length of your stride. And it wasn't until, I was halfway through uh, one of my sessions and they were like, I thought, when you're in the session, you think, yeah, I'm doing all right today. And then they go, right, like, have you run the ropes before? No. It's like, do you want to give it a go? And you try it. And I was like, I do not know how to do it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where to turn, what direction to turn, like, as, as in like whether to turn my body left, whether to turn my body right. It's uh, it's so much harder than what, what I ever imagined it would be, the simple things. And the more difficult things, I think, are actually easier to know. Um, like certain moves, I think the move sets are easier than um, certain things in the ring. Jumping out of the ring and stuff like that is harder to do than picking someone up and slamming them down. So yeah, that was that was definitely one of my first things. Wow, that's and... interesting. That Cause I, I was I was blown away by some of the moves you were doing in your debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, relatively haven't been training that long, and you were pulling off some awesome moves. And the weird thing is, Paul, is like we don't train those moves. We don't practice them before. Oh, really? Yeah. So a few moves I've done before, like the rock bottom, uh, I've I've spoke about before and done it in a in a session. But like my finisher, I'd only ever done it once. Um, there's a few moves in there which was like on the day I'm like, oh, that'd be quite a cool thing to do. Do you reckon we could do that? Yeah. Okay. We'll just do it. 
Um, so certain moves like that, because you see it happen, it's quite easy to do. But it's the other things that I've, I've been needed to practice and practice and practice, like run the ropes or uh, be it if I ever was like in a battle royale, getting thrown out of the ring or something like that. Those things are so much more difficult than, than what I ever thought. Interesting. Uh, so what's the second thing then? Uh, so the second thing is there, there's a tradition in wrestling uh, that I learned quite early on um, from my from my coaches, and that is shaking everyone's hands in the locker room at a show. When you when you arrive, you must go around, shake every single person's hand, whether they look busy in conversation or not. That is, it is kind of like out of respect to do it. And when you leave, if you leave without shaking someone's hand, that could be seen as a bad thing. If someone's in the toilet and say they're taking a number two and they're taking ages, you must wait for them to come out to shake <laughs> their hand. Honestly, it's the most baffling thing ever. You must go around and find every single person to make sure you shake their hand because um, our coach like sort of drummed it into us and he gave us an example of someone at the academy who was no longer there once went to a show and thought he shook everybody's hand. But there was one person who was out in the ring, taking the ring down, and he didn't shake his hand. Didn't, like, not on purpose. He just didn't realise that they weren't in the locker room. And then that one person went to the booker and said, oh, where's so-and-so gone? Oh, he's left. Well, he didn't shake my hand. And he's never been, he would never be booked again in that company while that <laughs> while that booker is in charge. Yeah, because it's, it, it kind of breaks the, the respect aspect of it. So, wow! Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, yeah, I was I was quite baffled when I heard it. Like they drummed it into us. Make sure you sh- as, as soon as like because we have like trainee coaches come down and stuff like that. You know, as soon as they come in, introduce yourself, shake the hand. Yeah, and they always like it could be like Joe Redmond. Like we've seen him on NXT and everything like that. Everyone knows who he is, and he'll come over and go, "Hi, my name's Joe." It's like, yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah, I'm Luke. Like kind of thing. But it's, <laughs> he's been yeah he's been drummed into that uh, to do that throughout the year so he will do that to every single person and he expects that back from you so yeah and and has that kind of like uh that uh respect leaked into your your normal life like do you see you find yourself like shaking people's hands more like out on the out on the street or when you're out on nights out stuff like that because of it you're not allowed yeah no i don't think not in this period but pre-covid yeah, the trouble is, Mags, I shake their hand and then I pick them up and tombstone them after. And it's, apparently that is, that, is not, that is not good etiquette outside of a wrestling ring. No. It will get you chucked out of the local clubs in, in <laughs> Yeah. Straight up to the bouncer, shake his hand, forearm. No, it just yeah. didn't work. No. So what, what's, uh, what's next on, on your Mount Rushmore of things you've learned uh, during your time as a, a trainee wrestler? So the third thing is the harder you hit the mat, the less it hurts. So always commit to it. So when in my first session, we we uh, the Grayson got me into the ring to take a bump, and he sort of said like, you know, you stand like this and fall backwards, and I fell backwards, and I was like, oh, that was all right, but I thought that's a bit, bit painful. And he was like, yeah, you barely went down though, did you? I went, what do you mean? He went, you fell down, you didn't throw yourself down. I was like, oh, is that what you want me to do? It's like throw yourself down and see the difference. And I was there and I was thinking, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, if I hurt myself, I hurt myself. I just want to go for it. And I threw myself down. And he went, there you go. Perfect. And I was like, that didn't hurt. And he was like, no, it won't. The harder you hit the mat, the less it will hurt. And I've, I've kind of got that drummed into my head now. 
So whenever I'm taking moves and stuff, I will commit to it because if you half-ass something, either like the person who's doing the move to you, they might struggle because you've half-assed it or I will land funny, something like that. But if you fully commit to it, you're probably less likely to get injured. And that's that's something that um, has always stuck with me from day one training. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You'd think it'd be that be like counterintuitive, but yeah, um, you think if, if you threw yourself harder down, you're going to hurt yourself more. But suppose it's more like you said, the it's the commitment to the to the move rather than yeah. that the fear of of hitting. You, you you're going to tense up more, I suppose. Yeah, uh, and that's when you get you'll you're likely to make more mistakes. Yeah, the, it's weird how like being another thing which I don't actually have on my list actually, but uh, I'll say it anyway is like the slower you go, the better. And if you think you're going slow, slow it down more. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I I really struggle with because even in my first my debut match, I was rushing things, but at the time it just felt like right, I'll go to the next bit and I'll go to the next bit. And then my feedback was slow down, mate. You're going way too fast. And I was like, was I? They were like, yes. And then I watched it back and I was like. I see what they mean. I see what they mean. Like you need to, I really need to slow things down, like take time, give my opponent a chance to sell what I've just done to him instead of hitting him with something and then going straight over to him, picking him back up again to do something like give, give the time for the story to develop and make, because if ultimately, if I'm, um, if I'm hitting him with something and then I'm going straight over and picking him back up, it's kind of making me look weak. Yeah. Because yeah, see I'm not I'm not giving him the time. If I'm hitting him with something and then I'm leaving it five ten seconds and he's still selling, people in the crowd like subconsciously are going, "Oh, that must have really hurt." He, he must yeah. because he's still hurt, kind of thing. It's the old uh, kind of Hulk Hogan adage of less is more, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hulk Hogan obviously built a career off not a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it was it was all a lot more of a show. But if you watch his matches, some of them go on for like plus twenty minutes, and then count how many moves are in that in that match. Yeah, and it would be hardly any. And if you watch like a match now in WWE, which goes on for twenty minutes, I guarantee those those matches will have like five times the amount of moves as what Hulk Hogan would do. But if if you say to him, "What match do you remember more? That match on Raw, which had that amount of moves, or the Hulk Hogan one?" People are going to say the Hulk Hogan one mm. is more memorable. And then the more important thing is which one drew the most money. Exactly, yeah. Drew the most money, had the biggest fan reaction, everything like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite an important thing, which I never realised before. Yeah, and, and uh, just watching your, your match back uh, over the last couple of days, you can see how quickly you you, you, you tire. It seems like it's uh, yeah. wrestling seems to be maybe not, that, uh, especially like on the on the indie scene, maybe not as as uh, as physically demanding, but you could tell that that both you and, and and Brandon were absolutely worn out during that match, and you could see the like the sweat coming off your face. And yeah, I can understand if you take that extra time to to like uh, let the selling uh, do its thing. It also would would mean that you're not going to burn yourself out as quick. Absolutely, and that actually is my my fourth one. The fitness and conditioning of wrestling is like no other. I mean, I've I've spoke to you you guys before. I I used to play football on a Saturday and a Sunday, uh, right up until I started wrestling training. I literally quit the week before and then started wrestling training. So I always considered, I always thought to myself, well, the fitness side of thing, I'll be completely fine with. Like I can I'm, I can do ninety minutes back to back days, and I might struggle walking on the Monday, but it's only aches and pains. Like during the match, I feel physically fine. 
that first day of training was like something completely I've never experienced in my life. And it's completely different kind of conditioning. The, the fitness test we do is unheard of. And now like when I tell people the fitness test, they're like, really, I won't be able to do that. And it is so difficult to do, but it's, it's, it gets you into the mode of, yeah, you need to be like, you might not be looking the fittest, but conditioning towards wrestling Mm -hmm. and being, like a sculptured Adonis is two different things. Yeah, it's it's all about the cardio and yeah. how to to do the 10, 15, 20 minute match. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the size of people like Otis and Keith Lee. They're not they couldn't they couldn't do ninety minutes on a football pitch, but they could do a wrestling match for twenty five to thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I've done both, and I'd much rather like fitness wise do the football match. Because I struggled like hell if I was to do 25, 30 minutes in the wrestling ring. Yeah. I bet Keith Lee's a cracking goalkeeper, though. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Especially five-a-side. Yes. Just lay down. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> well, there were some really interesting uh, points, Luke, and uh, kind of like a, a good lesson for any of our potential uh, future uh, wrestlers who were, who were listening along to Badland. So, yeah, really appreciate that. Uh, I'm, but- I'm out. You don't want to be a wrestler yeah. no more. <laughs> Talk me out of it. <laughs> that, that was the final straw. Well, there goes my tag <laughs> team partner, Paul, did not it? <laughs> so, like I, like I mentioned earlier, Luke, we kind of want to approach this uh, this chat with you a different way. So, me and uh, Paul have got a, a few questions for you, just to kind of ask about your 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 laugh and and your content and and the wrestling. So, we just thought we'd uh, we'd like. Go uh, question for question. Basically, I'll ask you something, and then Paul ask you, and then uh, at the end we'll we'll do the uh, the the Mount Rushmore of, of what we're looking forward to for twenty twenty one. If that's all right with you, sounds perfect to me, mate. Okay, so uh, if you don't mind, uh, Tolly, I'll go first. Go for it. So you touched on uh, the whole kind of COVID uh, situation, Luke, and uh, but uh, what I want to know is uh, how is this kind of like this pandemic and, and the whole issue with being furloughed, how has that affected you in terms of not uh, your shoot job and also in terms of uh, uh, your, your content creation? Yeah, so when the first lockdown happened, I was furloughed for 12 weeks because I just had a baby. So that was kind of like the recommendation mm-hmm. from the NHS, uh, isolate for 12 weeks, because nobody at that point really knew what the effects was especially on babies and children and stuff. So um, that 12 weeks was perfect for me because I was off from work, be able to spend time with my newborn baby, and I was able to make loads of content. So it was fantastic, and I made the most out of it. And then this one, um, this lockdown, is kind of sucks because I've got to go back to work now. Uh, so content-wise, it's difficult to find the time, especially because when little Max is awake – there's not really a chance that I can make much content because he wants your attention and he's loud. So we're, we're still waiting to move house at the minute. So I don't, I don't have a room. I'm currently like all of my computer stuff is in the front room because I was kicked out of the other bedroom where the baby stuff was because Selfish. we, it was, I know, right. He comes into this world, just takes over my office. Ridiculous. Um, but now because we were supposed to move house like over a year ago before he was in arrive and that all kind of fell through. And we're still waiting now. Um, that's been difficult to create content. So I had to pick my times. And I'm doing a lot of a lot of hours after work, which contributes towards it. But I know it's worth it. 
Um, so yeah, but the uh, the actual job itself, uh, my actual full time job, um, not much has changed in it, other than a, a few more rules and stuff like that. It's just business as usual in there, really. Well, that's good. At least uh, you you you're not kind of like struggling financially. I know that was a massive yeah. concern when you at least when you first started to go uh all in on on the on the the youtube content um, yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you're in a much more stable place now yeah absolutely yeah uh, well, following on from that luke um outside of your job what what do you what, what do you spend um more time doing Tra- training for training for wrestling including like going to the gym and conditioning and stuff or on um, football manager creating content which which of those takes up more time in an average week easily the creating content Is it? easily yeah so uh the training i kind of do i usually do two train sessions a week which is about three hours i should go to the gym but i don't um and that's mainly because of the content really i'm every sort of like bit of spare time that i have um unless i'm obviously seeing family or spending time with with the little one is i always i always think to myself and i always took this across from even when i was podcasting if I've got a spare hour to work on something, I want to improve just one thing in that hour. And then the next hour I have, I'll improve something different. So I always find myself, if I do have a spare hour, I'll work on like a new intro or a new outro or something like that, or work on a new thumbnail, for instance. And I always think like, if I keep improving one different thing, eventually it will all build to a bigger, better product. Um, so I do spend a lot more time doing the content. If I have, say, the 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 missus goes to bed early because she's been up early with the baby uh so i'll spend like two three hours then on the computer doing an experiment trying something new on football manager for instance or editing a video that kind of thing so it's it's not even close really it is it is a lot more content than uh than the training interesting yeah I, I, that's that's probably the way I would have looked at it, knowing how, how long it takes to just create audio content. I can mm. totally kind of understand the the more effort in putting in into the YouTube stuff, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking that because it, it all looks so impressive and, 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 the, and the, the football manager videos look great and you see a lot of love and effort have gone into them. Yeah, but then well, I appreciate going that, yeah. back to your debut match, I was, like I said, seeing, seeing what you pulled off in your debut wrestling match, I thought he's obviously piling a lot of hours into that as well. <laughs> before the baby was here I, I trained like three three times a week uh, and they were like three four hour sessions each time so i did used to train a lot more um and then at the time as well my youtube channel wasn't as big uh, and at the time as well i was doing the fm scout stuff so i i pretty much did about three videos a week at that point um, but I was focused and trying to do as much wrestling as possible while I knew I had the chance. So it, it kind of changed ever so slightly when the baby arrived. And then I had that 12 weeks off with no wrestling whatsoever because everything was closed and all the time in the world to do content. So from that, then I've got into a routine of doing more and more content and I've developed into like a, my, my niche in football manager videos and to do that it takes a lot of time and i've actually for this version of football manager i've had to bring in people from my discord my community to actually help me simulate all of the years in football manager because sometimes it can take like five or six hours 
and that's before I've even recorded the video, edited the video, and sometimes the experiment won't even work. So, a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet that's a killer when you, you put so many hours in and then it absolutely flops. It's a nightmare. And the funniest thing is, on the weekend, I gave my simulators like three save game files, and I said to them, this is the instructions. Um, if it does go wrong, let me know. So if why by going wrong if they get sacked before the end of the season whatsoever? And one guy got sacked four times in the first season, had to keep replaying it, replaying it. Uh, another guy got like four seasons in, got sacked, and then another guy got to the very last season and got sacked, and they had to keep going back to the other start oh, of the season. Wow. And I'm like, can you see why I wanted some help now? And they were like, we, we thought it'd just be as easy as just plug, simulate, and get to the end. We didn't realize it was this hard work that you put in behind the scenes before you'd even recorded the video. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's madness. Um, that would only happen to me once. This is why we're different beasts. Yeah. <laughs> that would happen to me once, and I probably would never do it again. I probably wouldn't have a PC. No. <laughs> so much patience is needed. So you, um, you're working with uh, Reach Wrestling. Uh, yeah. down there in Plymouth. Uh, you recently, we spoke about you having your debut match. Uh, I mean, outside, obviously, the the geographical uh, um, factors, what is it that, that actually attracted you to, to want to work and train with Reach? So uh, I actually, when I had the podcast, I used to have Grayson Reeves on uh, to talk about the shows because I used to go watch the shows myself. Um, at the time, they were the only Plymouth, well, they still are, they're the only Plymouth actual uh, re- uh, wrestling company around. There's, there's a Devon one um, and a Cornish one and a Torquay one, which is all sort of about within an hour's drive of each other. Um, but I'm too lazy for that. I'd rather just <laughs> stick to the one in Plymouth, to be honest, and reach. There's a difference between the standards as well. Reach Wrestling, which is far head and shoulders above the other ones. And it's got to the point where all of the other ones have just closed down because... They they could they they were attracting they had shows which were attracting like twelve to twenty five people. Reach was selling out two hundred people every show. Reach would have an academy show and a hundred tickets will get sold within the first two weeks. So you could just tell the standards from it. So if I as soon as like um, I'd been speaking to Grayson quite often, he said like you need to come along to a training session at some point. Um, I was only ever going to go to Reach. Like I would never travel because. I think my friend actually went to LEP, which is the Torquay one, uh, about 45-minute drive away. He went to it before Reach actually started and said to me, like, oh, you should come along. It was decent. And I was like, yeah, uh, it's a long journey, though, isn't it, 45 minutes? It's not, really. In the grand scheme of things, we've got people who, who travel, like, over an hour and a half to come to Reach training. But I think if it wasn't for the fact Reach was in Plymouth, I probably would never would have started. Wow, so the, it's that much of an influence. Yeah, I don't like long drives. I really don't. <laughs> really don't. And, and for yeah, someone who travels his own company up and down the country to watch wrestling. I know, and that is mainly that's because I like the idea of like me and my mates in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why every time I've ever done that, we we did vlogs and made it interesting because yeah. I I hate just sitting in long journey car drives. I can't stand it. Driving as well is the worst thing. Like if me and the wife ever go anywhere, she will drive because I cannot stand long journeys. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being sat in the crowd at um at Royal Quest and I was yeah. uh, following you on on Twitter and uh, you were you were really struggling to get there at one at one stage oh. you? you were yeah the you were panicking nightmare. we really thought we were going to miss a show I think we we met, actually missed the first uh dark match that was there 
Yeah, I think you walked in halfway through because I saw you walk. I saw you walk in not far from us. Yeah, we, we, thought, we turned up you during a match. It's like, oh shit. So yeah, B- Billy Big Bollocks in it just turning up late. Yeah, walk down the aisles like this. Times <laughs> <laughs> up. Entrance music. <laughs> Right, so as we were saying, you you, you used to um, do a wrestling podcast, and you, and and you stopped that. Um, we know kind of wrestling podcasters can be kind of stereotypically quite forthright in their opinions. Um, are there any kind of common, say, podcaster, internet wrestling fan opinions that perhaps you shared back in the day? That since you've got stepped through those ropes, you've compl- done like a one eighty on that. I could see that, that that's a bad take. So it's actually quite weird you say that because there's so many. There literally is so many. Everything everything you think about wrestling from watching it from a podcaster's view until you do it, it's it's completely different. So um, when I'm watching wrestling now, I went before when I was a podcaster, if I started watching a wrestling match, I'd probably look at my phone for the first five minutes and I'd miss all the start of the match. Because I was ignorant to the technical side of things. Now, I'm more likely to just watch the first five minutes of a match and turn it off than I am to not watch the first five minutes. If I'm going to watch a match, I have to watch that first five minutes. And a lot of the time, now I'm watching, instead of watching like new stuff, I'm watching old school wrestling because I want to see how it was how it was done before because now they don't really focus on the technical side of things I want to see it because it's it's a weakness in in me uh that to do a lot of tech at the start of a match um yeah. so what I want kind to of stuff it. you watch uh I've been watching a lot of Ric Flair Mr. Perfect yeah. uh, a lot of WCW stuff because I haven't watched it before uh going back to kind of like from 85 to 95 in that era a lot of Bret Hart stuff because he's yeah. very good at it. Like Bret Hart, Roddy Piper at WrestleMania, unbelievable intercontinental match. Like love that because of the storytelling as well. Um, oh God, there's a match that someone sent me and I can't for the life of me remember who it is now. Um, but it literally, I think it is Roddy Piper and someone, which reminded me of what it is. But there is in the hot, no, it's a Ric Flair match. Ric Flair, Jake the Snake. And before the match starts, he DDTs Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is out for the count. But he can't pin him because the match hasn't started. And the crowd is literally chanting DDT, DDT. And for seven minutes, nothing happens other than the crowd are shouting and Jake is trying to get at Ric Flair to start the match. And Rick is just either out for the count and recovering or rolling in and out of the ring, trying to get back in to like consciousness from this DDT. And if I had watched that back before I started wrestling training, I would have hated it. I would not appreciate it one bit because I'm like, just get in the ring, start the match for Christ's sake. <laughs> now I'm like, what a beautiful story that actually is. How he hit it before the match because he had been threatening to do it before, like in in, prom- in promos and stuff, and he hits it before the match, but he can't pin him and he would have had him beat. Uh, so things like that I find like astonishing now. Um, botches as well is another one. Like when I used to be a podcast, if I seen a botch to me, that would be the match ruined. Now I'm like, yeah. oh, it's so easy to botch. Like I can understand why people have things go wrong. Like in, in my match, things went wrong. We had to work around it. And I think now I can notice these things. I can, I can pick up when they're calling things now, whereas before I wouldn't be able to. So 
there's a lot of different things now from being just a podcaster to a wrestler that I think changes my whole perspective on wrestling completely. So basically, all wrestling podcasters, shut your mouth. You have no clue what you're talking about. You do not have a Scooby-Doo, <laughs> what you're going on about. Shut up and get a, get yourself in the ring and try it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's go on to, on to your debut match. Um, what was actually going through your mind when uh, when Jason and, and Grayson, the, the owners of, of Reach, said they thought that you were ready to actually wrestle matches? And uh, how did you feel kind of immediately before the match and then all, then immediately after what we like, your, your, your feelings and, and your thoughts about it? Well, when they first told me, I thought, about bloody time, lads, come on. <laughs> uh, now, so annoyingly, because of the pandemic, my debut has, had been halted for a long time. I was originally either supposed to make my debut in the May show. There was talks that I was going to have be part of a match in the May show. Or I was definitely making my debut in July uh, at the Guildhall in front of 600 people. So that was originally going to be my debut, and I was so excited for that. I managed to get my family and friends to buy loads of tickets. I think I had like 25 people at that point. It Back in March, had bought all of those tickets. Um, and then obviously COVID happened, and it stopped. Unfortunately, during my time off, I didn't, didn't know whether I was going to come back to wrestling or not because at first it was like, oh, there's going to be a shutdown. We're going to have to shut the school down. I thought, well two or three weeks, this pandemic will clear and I'll be back training again. Happy days. Then it was four or five weeks. Then it was six, seven weeks. And then eventually like 12 weeks had gone on back to work and we're still no wrestling. And then four months later, they're talking about coming back. And I'm thinking, I don't know whether I'm going to come back or not. Like I put on a stone and a half in weight. I was out of shape. I didn't do any fitness because I, I just thought at the time it's going to come back. So I'll just get fit again that way. And I came back and I was terrible. And I was like, this is, I've gone backwards by a, a fair few months. Mm -hmm. I forgot loads of things. I found it really difficult. So when they spoke about doing the no fan shows and I uh, agreed to help like edit and produce them, um, then I wanted to be on that first lot of tapings. And I was, I was disappointed when I wasn't. But at the same time, I completely understood why I wasn't because I was really rusty and, not conditioned for a match at all. So that hurt seeing a couple of my mates who I had started training with get their debuts before me and not experience that with them because throughout my whole time training with them, I thought we're going to have a match. Our debut match is going to be on the same card and it's going to be fantastic. So like my friend Jordan Sparks, who I'm closest to, he had three matches in the first sort of tapings and has got an incredible storyline. And I was just there recording it and editing it and not part of it, and I was gutted. So to begin with, when they first told me I was going to make my debut, it was kind of like, finally, right, I need to book my ideas up now. I need to contact um, Cameron straight away and come up with a really decent match structure and stuff like that. Um, just before the match, I was completely fine uh, going through it in my head over and over and over again with, with Cam in the ring. And then after the match, it was kind of like, I don't know whether that was good or not because it all went a bit of a blur and we were coming out and he was disappointed because he missed a spot, which led to us being a bit confused in the middle. And I was saying to him, no, I think it was okay. I think, you know, we can work around that. It'll be fine. And then we kind of spoke about it after and he was saying like, oh, 
like I didn't know what like, we went good 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 go going like going for that move and I was like I don't remember doing that he, he said uh, we mucked up we we forgot a, a, a special spot and instead I threw him off and gave him a back elbow uh just so we can kind of regather ourselves and get back into the motion of the match and he said to me oh yeah good good going for that and I thought I do not remember giving you that back elbow and it wasn't until I watched it back I was like oh I did so after the match, it was just a complete blur, really, until I watched it back. And that's when it's, it kind of... It was like going on a night out and then people telling you about things after. Like, oh, do you remember when you did that last night? And then you start piecing it back together in your head. It wasn't yeah. until I watched it back that I remembered the match. You that's remember, exhilarating. It is, it is. It's yeah. a very strange feeling. Um, and even though we only had, like, six fans in the crowd, like, socially distanced in the corner... Um, it was still great to, to bounce off of that um, mm-hmm. throughout that. And that was the one thing I remember after um, that I actually remembered was interactions with the crowd. I remember exactly what I said to them when I went over there with a the camera. I remember exactly what I said in my promo. But the actual match doing the news, I barely remembered anything. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, the the wrestling with uh, with your jacket on for a, for a, like a quarter <laughs> of the match and the hat still on. Uh, me and the missus watched it together, and yeah, she's... Even she was not really a big wrestling fan. She thought it was funny that you she's like, Why has he not took his bloody jacket off yet? Um, <laughs> you really had the, the the kind of charisma and the patter down you uh, and you can see how that the influence of, of being a, a YouTuber and, and creating uh, content has, has really kind of added to that that character work that you do. Yeah, uh, I always think to myself, like I'm not gonna be the best wrestler, so I need to make my character good. Um I know I'm good at talking i know i can think of things off the top of my head and and say shit if if a crowd member like heckles me or something i know i can be quick wit and i know i've got some kind of uh thing to bounce off someone and and make something humorous Mm -hmm. but i know i'm not that very athletic so i can't do the back flips i can't there's some things I can do, but I haven't shown it in a match yet. Uh, save it for later date. You don't want to spoil show all your cards in one move, in one match. Correct. But um, you know, I know I'm not going to be the best wrestler in the world. Absolutely far from it. I know I'm not going to be the best wrestler in the academy, but I know I'm what my strengths are. So I'll, I'll much rather work towards that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You brought that to life immediately. Like it just, it just that mm-hmm. that kind of character. If you like, yeah, click straight away. So who's yeah. Whose idea was it to kind of be this, uh, be this kind of slightly uh, cocky YouTuber? Um, you know, really kind of blend the the fourth walls with your <laughs> your, yeah. re- your real life. Was that was that your idea, or did the the guys at Reach come to you and say we'd like you to do this? Kind of a bit of both, really. Like the two coaches, they never really paid much interest into my actual like YouTube channel until we got back after the summer. And they started realizing like the growth of my actual channel because before the pandemic, I had like a thousand subscribers or something like that. And they thought, oh, that's quite cool. And then every time I'd speak to them about a character, they were like, oh, I want you to come out of a tracksuit with a towel around your neck and I want you to be like this fitness guy. And I'm like, that's awful. 
<laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, and they come up with like stupid ideas, and I, I, they were like, "Oh, have you thought about a name?" I was like, "Yeah, why not just go with Omega Loop?" Because I have some kind of following on Twitter, wrestling following, because I used to have a podcast and a YouTube channel. Surely it would just make sense just to keep that name. No, hate that name. Don't like it. And I was thinking, oh, this is really awkward because I don't really. And they were coming up with these stupid names like Luke Knight or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't like any of this. (laughs) And then it wasn't until. I would have ribbed you mercilessly if you were coming out as Luke Knight. I know. (laughs) And it wasn't until I come back and um, I had been talking to Jason about um, my YouTube channel and and stuff like that and i mentioned how one of my videos on fm scout had like over two over over a hundred thousand views at the time and he was like a hundred thousand i was like yeah i was like because the channel is like got seventy five thousand subscribers and they couldn't believe it so after that like it would it was all he wanted to talk to me about was the youtube stuff like oh what's the numbers like now are you getting a lot of views and stuff like that so as soon as they started talking about i thought right now i can be like oh so Character-wise, then, shall we go towards that? And he was like, absolutely, yes. Um, And then they kind of had an argument on whether I should be a face or a heel. It was kind of like, are you going to be like the fan's favourite because you're this popular YouTuber? Or are you going to be like a cocky heel because you think you're this really popular YouTuber and over-exaggerate it? And I was like, I want to do the the popular heel because um, I think promo-wise, it'd be so much easier to be as cocky as hell and and say i'm like the best thing since sliced bread i'm basically ksi uh from the fm universe and it will be a lot harder to be like oh i'm i'm a good youtuber please like me kind of thing like it'll be more difficult and i think it'll be easier to turn babyface after being a cocky heel and getting people to hate you first and gradually like you rather than like me from the beginning and just turn into bigger hate so We kind of like had that sort of toss up um, about that. They agreed that maybe going down the heel route was probably the best idea. And then I did the first promo and Jason was like, yes, we need to, you need to keep doing things like that. You need to keep dubbing over my face and keep like just saying, you know, you've got thousands and thousands of views, thousands of subscribers. And then the, cause I missed the first tapings, like the production side of things between the tapings and the first time and the second time really changed and we they bought a microphone and i said to them can i please do a promo on the microphone and they were like hmm, that'll be quite good for your character and i was thinking get in there and i was the first match of the first episode so i knew i'd be the the first person to have a microphone in that ring so i was like i need to i need to fucking nail this so i mean i had i an idea of what i had and wanted to say in my head and everything i feel like still looking watching it back i rushed through the few things that i said but i got everything that i wanted to say across um and i think character wise it's helped me no end and like you say keeping the jacket and the hat on um when i mentioned to them about the youtube channel they watched few of my videos and they were like well you've got to come out wearing a hat because you don't you don't do a video without a hat on mm-hmm. it's like okay so i'll do that and then they were like oh where's that jacket you always used to wear in your videos I'm like, I haven't done that for ages. Like, it's the summer. Like, no, wear, wear that jacket. It looks quite cool. I was like, all right, okay. So that's why the look came out. And when we spoke about the first start of the match, I said to them, like, with this promo, surely we can just go into, like, a quick start. Like, a shotgun drop kick, quick start. So he was like, yeah, do that. And then I was like, and then, so I'll shotgun drop kick you, take my jacket off. He went, no, 
keep the hat and the jacket on. He was like, see how long you can, see if you can take bumps with the hat on and see if it will stay on. He was like, it will be fun then to see whether it stays on or not. And it got to the point where I was like, I've got to take it off. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep going because I strapped the hat on so, so much. In the end, I took it off, put it on him and hit it with it. So I was just like, <laughs> I had to take the hat off eventually. Um, it would have been a nightmare. I was going through the rest of the match of it. That was a great touch because that's like a that's like um Tetsuya Naito style, isn't it? Yeah, so it's disrespectful to keep Absolutely. your jacket on and your hat and still fight. Yeah, and then the other, bit, that I, the other bit that's just come back to me. I loved was he you grabbed the the hand camera and yeah. like vlogged a bit was, of the match. That yeah, was that was very that was Jericho-esque. Class. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant, a brilliant touch, and I think it shows that you can have way more fun as a heel than you can as a face. Absolutely. So the the spot that we did with the camera, I had that wrote down as an idea for months since lockdown started. And it was because I watched The Rock versus Stone Cold Backlash 99. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, The Rock takes the camera. They're they're on the announce table. The Rock takes the camera. He's looking down at Stone Cold, uh, talking trash to him. Then he looks into the crowd. And then as he turns back to Stone Cold, Stone Cold's there with his two fingers up and he stunners him holding the camera. Mm-hmm. And I watched that and I was like, oh, if I'm going to do this YouTube thing, I'm going to, I need to put across like the camera loves me or I'm, I'm all about the camera kind of thing. So yeah. I need to incorporate that straight away. And as soon as we were talking about doing, like originally every show that they've done before is a massive camera where they hold it in two hands and it's a big camera like that. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to have to like try and work out someone has a mobile phone or something, or I've got a mobile phone in my pocket and I do it that way. And then as soon as we started doing the recordings, it was all GoPros and in a, in a really small handle. And I was like, that is perfect for that apps, for that kind of spot. So as soon as uh, we started doing that, I thought that is exactly what I need to do to, to be different than everyone else. No one had done that before. And um, I just wanted to, wanted it to be slightly different and, and fit my character at the same time. Yeah, and, it, and it's totally, Classic. totally worked. Um, so what uh, feedback have you had about uh, that first match and, and how has that feedback kind of made you feel in, in terms of continuing being a wrestler and kind of trying to improve? Yeah, so I've had a lot of good, a lot of, lot of bad feedback. Um, as a as a whole, everyone's saying for like the debut, it was it was a good debut to have and they've seen a lot worse. And I felt that as well. I felt as, as a first match, I'm ha- I'm happy with that as a first match. Absolutely, it could have gone a lot worse. It there is things I could have done a lot better. And watching it back, I'm thinking there's a few things that I do. I'm like, why have you done that? Like that makes no sense in the world of like wrestling psychology kind of thing. Um, but also people who are just casual fans and maybe not wrestlers themselves or people who study wrestling, they might not ever pick that up. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me too much. Um, but. The bad feedback I got was always constructive, uh, things to work on. And I've had a second match since. It hasn't been released yet. But all I can say is in that match, I felt more comfortable. And watching it back, it looks it looks so much better than the first match to the point that when people say now, oh, I watched your match, I'm like, oh, did you? <laughs> because... <laughs> When the first match came out, I can I can wait to tell everyone like please watch this, watch this. Now I've had the second match and I've seen that second match. I'm like cringing when people say they've watched the first match because I'm like oh there's a few things in there that I really wish you don't see. Uh, but that's that's just the way it is. So yeah, there's a lot of things to work on for sure. And I think 
I improved in my second match from taking that uh, knowledge on. Our good friend, Mr. Tom Collihue, actually, um, gave me some really good feedback as someone who studies wrestling for a living and as a, as a good media media source. A lot of things he mentioned, and he, and he didn't hold back, which is what I really appreciate. It would have been easy for Tom Collihue, who you know we, we know quite well through Twitter, but doesn't know me as a person, to be like, yeah, that was really good, really enjoyed it, you know, this was good, that was good, and that to be it. Nah, he was he was straight like, you know, some of your strikes, they could be better and I could see what you were doing, but you could, when you improve on that, it would be good because you can see what you were trying to do. It just didn't come off right. And anyone who is in the, like, who, who, who has a match and wants feedback, that's exactly what you want to hear <laughs> because it's yeah. stuff that you know you can work on. So, no, I really appreciate when I get good and bad feedback like it's it's nice to hear people enjoy it and people like something you do but when someone you know who has good knowledge of wrestling tells you look that was quite poor you need to work on that then i i agree and i'll take that on board completely yeah, absolutely. I suppose getting uh, feedback where it's almost like people blowing smoke up your ass is, is just as bad as getting the feedback where everyone shits on on everything you did. You need that kind of constructive criticism to, to be able to improve. Yeah, it's a balance, absolutely. So, like, Grayson and Jason, they Jason come over straight away, great debut and everything like that. And then after when, like, the, the adrenaline sat down, it was, right, we watched you match back. This is what you know, you need to work on what you should have done here is this, what you shouldn't have done is this. Um, and that's perfect because then you know how to improve. You don't go out there the second match and think, oh, I've got this. This is easy. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So it was all constructed then. You didn't get any hate for your, for your debut? No, not, not that I know Good. of. Uh, Good. <laughs> thankfully. Not to his face. No, <laughs> only behind my back. <laughs> All right, we, we we you know we love to have a little chat about food on here. Absolutely, um, I think yeah. we might have even done our favourite sandwiches, did we? Back in the back on your first appearance, to be fair. was it not chocolate bars? I think it was chocolate, chocolate bars. Chocolate that was bars. it. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So we love our food. Have you had to make any dietary changes oh. to now? Yeah, now you're a wrestler. You've heard, so, you've upset him. You could yeah. see the tears <laughs> in his eyes. Yeah. Then <laughs> I, I try so hard. I really do. It's very difficult because um, about three years ago, I put on a lot of weight and I was going to get married. So, and I was training for a tough mother. So I was really strict for diet and I lost like two stone in a really short time through carb cycling. Um, And then when I started the training, um, I didn't really focus on my diet too much because I wasn't in bad shape. Uh, I was just making sure I cut, cut out a few fast foods really and then when i come back the second time after lockdown the amount of times uh on a sunday i've said to the missus right tomorrow i'm gonna start eating healthily again and then i go into work and it's like oh it's it's chicken curry day today i'm like oh chicken curry lovely uh <laughs> i can't help it the canteen food is really nice at my work which is really frustrating but i've started it's, it's really annoying because i've started taking like nice food on and and what i class is a balanced diet not strict diet so i still have food that i enjoy but i try and eat less of it and i've cut out biscuits because during lockdown biscuits were my best friend i would have like four or five cups of tea a day sat at my desk doing content just dunking custard cream just going through packets and packets because 
there was nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> go out and go for a walk. Nah, you're all right. Like, I'd much rather scoff these biscuits. So we we very rarely now buy biscuits because that is my weakness. Um, and we just, I, I always have a treat day because I think meant for your mental health, you need to have things you enjoy still. And I love either a KFC or a Subway or something like that. And that that can really change your mood on a on a day. Like if you've had like a, a tough day or you've had a tough week and someone turns around to you, say your partner turns around to you and goes, Chinese tonight, that can really uplift your, uplift your spirits. Yes. It's, it's, it's completely true. So I always believe in a cheat day completely. And I think as well, if you work hard, you don't have to diet as much. So that's kind of a bit of a secret. But at the minute, with with uh, obviously the school closed down and not being able to to do a lot of gym work and having to just do like bits in the front room, um, I'm having to watch what I eat a little bit more. Careful, not not strict. Yeah, moderation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, being realistic. Um, taking into fact that you've uh, got a family and you've got a full-time job and, and, and your age, what is it that you think you you realistically want to achieve in wrestling? So I, I get asked this quite a lot, to be honest, because a lot of people who don't really follow wrestling, they all just think, oh, so gonna, you want to try and get into the WWE? Because that's that's the obviously the go-to, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. the... That's the the top echelon, the top bins of wrestling to to most people. Um, Never have I ever thought that I would ever make it that far. So my expectations are I just want to... Originally, it was I just want to have a match. Now that I've had a match, it's I want to have a match in front of a decent crowd where, you know, we we don't have the pandemic and, you know, I can actually wrestle in front of my friends and family um, and have that buzz. Um, And... I, I was saying yesterday to someone else who was asking me from the football manager community, like, oh, you know, what's what? How far do you want to take this? Like, if I if I'm only ever known in wrestling as someone who had some good matches locally in the southwest, even if it's for only ever reach, and I never wrestle for another company again, I'll be absolutely happy with that. All I really want is to have another match. If if my if I only had to have one more match as long as my friends and family were there in the crowd to see it live rather than on a recording, I would retire happy. That's fine with me. Like best case scenario, I'll win a title at reach for me. Anything else is a Brucey bonus. Like don't get me wrong. If triple H rings me up tomorrow and says, (laughs) Luke, there's a spot on NXT UK. Are you interested? I'm not going to tell him I'm going to check my schedule. I'll, I would be there. Um, but on the other hand, if that never happens or I'm never even close to it or I've never worked for another company other than Reach, it's not a disappointment for me. I've 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 done what I wanted to do to begin with. Um, yeah. so I'm happy. Yeah, it, it, it's sensible to have that uh, temper those expectations and, and if you overachieve, it's it's more to be proud of, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the trouble is as well, it uh, like with my YouTube stuff, I'm the complete opposite. So people are saying to me, oh, your channel's doing really well. I'm like, no, it's not doing well enough for me. Like, that's my attitude with that. Because I I think with the wrestling side of things, I know I have limitations, whereas YouTube and stuff like that, nobody really knows what the limitations are. Like, that anything is possible. People who are really terrible content creators have really astounding channels, like sizes, uh, and can make a lot of money. 
uh, and that's what I want to do in in that in that world. Whereas wrestling, I'm I'm happy as as to take it as a hobby and enjoy it. I take it seriously, but at the end of the day, it's it's for an enjoyment. It's a release for me, and it's uh, and it's it's a social thing as well. Like I'll go a little bit off topic here, but when I was doing the football. Um, the reason why I wanted to quit football was because even though it's a team sport and everyone in my team, our one goal is to win a match. Everyone used to argue every Sunday. And I'd be like, why am I, why am I here? We, we either lose or draw every week. And if we do win, it's a miraculous occasion. And all we do is have a go at each other. And I'll come home and I'll go, I don't know why I do this. I go to wrestling and it's really, it's a very um, selfish sport because technically there should be one top title and everyone should work to go to that so you 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 really you have to push out push people out your way to get to the top where it's far from that you go to training and everyone's hugs and kisses everyone loves each other and we all get on so well and we're we're constantly in group messages with each other we're acting like we're best friends because we see each other more than you see your own family and that that kind of feeling of everyone's togetherness it's like it is it's very cliche isn't it but it's like a family uh, and it's really enjoyable that way. So it's it's completely different to what I ever thought it would be. And uh, it's a social thing as well. Good for the mental health. Mm-hmm. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Tyler, have you got a question now? Well, I, I'm out of wrestling questions. Have you got any more wrestling questions? No. Or I'm should we move to, on to content I'm, creation? I'm ready to go on about football manager, definitely. Go on, oh, then, Maxi baby, fire away. Do you want okay. some Wonder Kids, do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in the Patreon, mate, so I can get those early <laughs> yeah. releases. Uh, but you've uh, you've you've mentioned your your um, your um, football manager on YouTube and how you you kind of really criticise how much you've grown. But from our point of view, we think you've done absolutely amazing. You've 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 oh, you've really blossomed as as a content creator. You've got this real community built up around you with the discord and the amount of subscribers on youtube um how does this kind of community that you've built up how does that affect uh and inspire the content that you create uh it's a massive help really is a massive help because um before discord like i had the only way i could speak to people outside of youtube really like when I used to do live streams, for instance, was Twitter or Facebook. And I used to have like one or two people message me on Facebook and a few people message me on Twitter. And other than that, like it would just be YouTube comments that I would get feedback from or, or, or stuff like that. Now, like what I love about my community the most is that I have no part in it whatsoever. The only thing I ever do and Mags, I think you're in my discord. You can probably back this up. I hardly ever write in it. But there are people who write on it on the daily basis and they talk to each other as if they are good friends because that's how they met. They talk to each other all day, every day. Uh, they talk football manager. They talk what's happened in their real life. And the way I look at it is uh, that's probably helping someone. There's probably someone on the other side of the world who, especially during this pandemic, might not have people to see. They might live by themselves, but they can come to the Discord. They can write hairy buddy in the discord and someone is going to reply mm-hmm. immediately and they can have a conversation with someone that they might not be able to have without that discord channel and i love that i love that and uh, of course content creation wise it's it's fantastic if i put 
like an idea out there, I'll get a response, whether they think it's a good idea, bad idea. Um, I mentioned earlier how I've got people helping now. I have a, a, a part now, not only do I have mods, but I also have simulators now. So I have a group of nine or 10 people who I literally just put a post out a couple of weeks ago saying, would anyone be able to help me with simulations when the new game comes out? Uh, if you do, just give me a thumbs up on this on this post. 10 people did. We've started a group chat. They're talking right now because I can see it ping up on my computer. <laughs> and they're talking about simulations that they are doing for me. And I haven't even asked them to do it. They they worked out from what I said on the weekend, what um, I need to happen in this next week. And they're helping me do that. And they're committed to that. Like one of the guys, and what, what baffles me the most with it is when the game first came out, it was a mad rush. Everyone was like, the game's out, the game's out. Let's get it, let's get it. The first thing I was doing was not playing the game. It was simulating five years for a video that I wanted to do the next day. I wanted to be the first person to have that video. Two other people in that group also simulated five years in the future so that I had three saved game files to go off instead of one. So I had a more accurate research video. Rather than playing the game and enjoying it themselves, they were willing to, to simulate for two and a half hours a saved game file for me and then not play it because it was too late then for them to play it. They were happy to just leave it then and play it when they got home from work the next day. And I couldn't believe it. Now, I was saying to them, like, no, seriously, if you want to play the game, play the game. No, no, I want to do this. I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm interested to see the results before the video comes out and stuff. I find that amazing. I really do find that amazing. And, you know, I can't thank my simulators enough. I can't thank my mods enough. And people like yourself, Max, who are Patreon members who help me out um, in regards to comments and everything like that. It's fantastic for me as a content creator. When you know you do, you two know yourself. When you get good feedback, mm-hmm. it's such a great feeling, and it yeah, really does give you the motivation to do more. Yeah, so. and, yeah. and the community you've got, like, like I said, I'm I'm a very quiet uh, member of it, but yeah, the the guys like Ryan Cassidy, uh, just the the amount of work that these these guys put in behind the scenes for you, it's yeah, it's unbelievable, and it's, it's yeah. it is like a real close-knit family yeah absolutely and what what i uh what i quite like about it as well max is this has probably happened to you in a few times when you pop in the chat and say hello you'll get people who will directly say hello to you whether they know you or not mm-hmm. like there's 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 certain people who i know who watch my streams who if a new person comes in i'll see them every single time right back to that person hey how are you welcome and yeah, like kind of like the wrestling thing where you shake everybody's hand yeah it is and it's yeah. it does my job for me like if i miss that comment that guy still feels welcome that mm-hmm. guy still that guy doesn't feel like he's been ignored coming into this because you know a lot of people they might just click on this go right who's this guy click on him write something hello they want they want they want a bit of interaction they don't watch the stream because they just want to see what's going on they want a bit of interaction they they say hello maybe the person watching doesn't say hello back then they leave they never come back but maybe I don't see their comment because I'm busy in the match or something. I'm celebrating the match or something. But someone in the in the chat writes back to them. They'll write back to that, and then I see their comment. So it, it works well for for me having the community that I have very friendly. Uh, like you mentioned, Ryan Cassie, the work that he's done for me absolutely outstanding. And, and it's like some people from all different walks of life as well, and um, different countries. I'm baffled, like. So I'll let you in on a secret as well, Max. I've got a video coming up that I've worked really hard on with one person from R- Romania um, about training schedules. 
And this guy has come out and he's done a full Excel spreadsheet. He's created these training schedules. And what they are doing now in this simulator chat is simulating a season with the training schedules loaded up so that I have some results to mention for two minutes of a video. Um, and he's done all of this in his spare time. Yeah. And it's, is, is, is that Snook? That's Snook. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a genius when it comes to training schedules. It's something that I don't know myself. I'm not a tactician on football manager. I'm not a training schedule man, but the likes of him, the likes of Ryan Cassidy, they help make content for me. And I can't, I can't uh, thank them enough for doing that because I wouldn't have as many videos if I didn't, if they didn't do that for me. So yeah, it's been brilliant, really. Oh, that sounds awesome. It really does. Uh, I saw, I dropped in a few, it must be a few weeks back, maybe a month ago, you were part of the Football Manager Streamer Showdown. Yeah. I saw. How did, how that looked like a really professional swish affair. You had like commentators. Yeah. You, not about had, Luke's normal content. I think you had kits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how did that come about and what, what, what was that experience like? So the man who is behind it, Dr. Benji, who is, uh, I would say he's not the, he hasn't got the biggest YouTube channel football manager wise. Um, but I'd say he's the, the dad of the community. He's the big guy. He's the big dog that you go to the Godfather. Um, and when lockdown first happened, there wasn't before that, there wasn't a lot of collaborations within football manager content. They had you got the WeStream FM boys um, who are like five or six people who regularly stream and do a, a foot manager podcast. Um, then it's kind of like Dr. Benji and Jack work the space, who are the two big guys. Other than that, nobody really collaborated with anyone. And when I first came into it, coming from wrestling content, which everyone collaborates with everyone, like you go on each other's show and stuff, I was reaching out to people like, hey, do you want to do a video together? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it was such a weird thing. And um, I remember I reached out to Dr. Benji once because I was starting a new series and I wanted to do a, a, fun, a fun intro and a fun uh, like trailer for it where I had other content creators. So I had him, I had Loki Doki, who's another big YouTuber, and I had Buddha Femme, who's a big YouTuber, and they all did a little video for me. And I thought, that was fantastic. Like, I can't believe I just asked them, and they did it for me, because I was so used to the, the FM community being really standoff with it. Then the, uh, the, the COVID hit, and they started the streamer showdown, and it all started off with a, a threaded tweet. And it was himself and one other person mentioned how they how fun would it be to do a tournament because football managers held tournaments before uh, where they've invited them down to a studio and and had a tournament. But other than that, like that's it. Then they go they all go their separate ways and talk in the DMs, but never work with each other. And they mentioned how they should do like a streamer version of it because people are now going to be watching a lot of streams so they're at home. They got time to do it. So the streamer showdown was built and the first one happened and everyone was just streaming on their own channel and there wasn't like a a main soccer Saturday version of it. Um, and then Viking Dan, uh, he was quite a very good streamer and a good friend of mine now, he come up with the idea of doing like a soccer Saturday version. So he'd be Jeff and he'd have the boys, Jeff and the boys from like a Saturday uh, soccer Saturday perspective. So the Weestream FM boys, a lot of them did that started commentating on the games. They worked a way of like showing the games and it's just improved and improved each, each month. And um, 
I think I was contacted in the fifth month to do one of the nights. And when, like, I remember when it was like the foot, the third and the fourth night, uh, the, fir- the third and the fourth competition, I was like, oh, I really hope that one day I'll get asked to do it. Like, that'll be fantastic. And then I remember when they actually asked me, the first thing I did was I rung my dad. I was like, they asked me. I can't believe they've asked me to do it. <laughs> I was probably fanboying because like at that point as well, they had like Spencer FC on. Mm-hmm. Like Spencer FC is someone I've watched for, since I was like 18 years old. He has like two and a half million subscribers. <laughs> so yeah, he, I mean, that video, the Wembley Cup video has got like 20 million views on it. And they, they had him on the competition. I just couldn't believe it. And they had Manny as well, FIFA Manny. And he, I'm, I've watched him for years and he's got another 2 million subscribers and I couldn't believe it. So when they asked me to be on it, I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah, I want to be on it. So I was on it for one of the night and it was it was kind of like a trial. Uh, and obviously I must have done quite well because I got invited back again to do uh, the full weekend then on the panel. Um uh, and then I've, I've done two lots of panels now and that one night by itself. And then the the last one that you alluded to there, Paul, was the uh, streamer showdown number six, season number six, which was the last one of FIFA, uh, FIFA, Football Manager 20. And I was actually part of it. So it's the first time of being part of it. Uh, very different experience and a lot more relaxing than what I thought it was going to be, mainly because I didn't want to take it too seriously because I've seen how upset people got if they took it too seriously and lost um i was happy to just be a part of it i was just i was more buzzing that during the matches like the match with work the space jack someone i've watched for about seven years on youtube i was just in a call with him just chatting to him and we were talking (laughs) about like food and then i was in a call with like tom and we were talking about he was on tinder while we were having a match he was on tinder so that shows how seriously he took it um and we were just talking about what he can write to this girl on tinder and it was just so (laughs) much fun and the whole week, the whole weekend was so much fun. Um, but it's just built up this huge community of people who just live for the streamer showdown now when that happens once a month. So can't wait for that to come back. Whether I'm involved or not, I don't care because I'll enjoy watching it. That's how, that's how great I think it is. It was great to watch. Really good fun. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned as well, like professionalism, it, it keeps improving. They've got KFC sponsoring them now. Like KFC is not a small company by any stretch of the imagination to have that as your first sponsor. And they were brilliant with us. They interacted with us on Twitter. They were tweeting about it nonstop. They were in the, the I think the people who um, like tweet out and were involved were in our chats as well. And they knew all the backstories. They, they were calling me twin one because Mike sweet left foot. We kind of look the same. So I was called twin one, which was uh, like a, a story from like two seasons ago. So they've done their homework or they've just big fans of it and they were fully involved in it, which was fantastic. They gave us vouchers to give out to uh, people in, who were watching and viewers and stuff. So they got, they got fully involved with it. Uh, they were, there was prize money for second yellow card, the winner uh, for sponsoring it. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I kind of have to pinch myself when I think about how much that has come since the very first time when it was just a tweet uh, mentioned and, you know, the whack that goes on and behind that. Every every streamer showdown we have, we have like an hour and a half chat after every night to talk what went right, what didn't. And that is why it gets better and better because they have those, they have that communication. They have that um, reflection. Like, yeah, reflection. Absolutely. And there's like, you know, it's not just one or two people who turn up to that as well as me. It's about 20 people in that call. People who are not even in that weekend will turn up to that call. Um, so it just shows that everyone cares, and I think that's that's why it keeps getting better. 
Yeah, it seems like it's just a, another amazing community that you've uh, you've jumped from from being like in the wrestling community to now being in the football manager community. Um, what um, what do you miss about the the wrestling community? And what do you uh, what what things are you glad that you you're not a part of in, uh, with it anymore? Uh, I'm not just saying this because uh, you guys are here, but I miss speaking to you guys a lot less than what we used to so that is genuinely true and people like josh and jpq i miss people like that um because wrestling is a passion of mine and now i feel like i don't speak about wrestling as much especially what what's weird is a lot of the people at wrestling doesn't watch any wrestling that i watch they watch something completely different so i still don't have that if i want to talk about a new japan show i'd struggle to find someone to speak to about it now whereas you know, when we were part of Brainbuster Radio, we'd all be watching the New Japan show all at the same time. There'd be no doubt about it. So if I was tweeting about it, you'd be writing about it at the same time. Um, so things like that, I definitely miss for sure. Um, the collaborations and, uh, and and creativity side of things and, you know, speaking to people of all walks of life, I think I kind of miss. I, I, I miss talking audio now. Uh, which is weird, isn't it? Because like I, I moved away from it because I wanted to do video content. Even before I left wrestling, I started doing YouTube stuff. Uh, but I do miss audio audio content, um, recording things with with people like you guys. Because I I hated doing it by myself, so I had to have guests all the time, interviews as well. I mean, I, I tell you what, I do not miss is trying to get someone to interview. That used to be. I don't know how Kurt Johansson has so many guests. Really don't. He's been killing it this last. He has been absolutely smashing it, like guest after guest after guest, like four or five guests a week. Mm -hmm. I used to struggle to get four guests a month. If I got four guests a month, I'd be like, "What a month that is!" Like, I don't have to actually have anyone on who's not a wrestler on my show, like uh, for an interview. He's having like big names as well. He had a Mega Luke on the other week. (laughs) He did. Uh, But no, it's that's that's one thing I do not miss is the uh, the work behind the scenes of. you know, trying to find guests, stuff like that. And I definitely do not miss wrestling fans because uh, we know a lot dicks. of them are dicks. Exactly the word I was going to use. <laughs> exactly the word I was going to use. A lot of them are dicks uh, and very opinionated. Whereas you kind of get that in FM, but it's it's a lot less opinionated. Um, and in FM, obviously there's a lot of statistics and stuff. You get people who sort of say, you know, I'll, I'll use it. I'll do a tactic video, for instance, and people will write on it saying this tactic was shit for me. And you're like, well, what do you want from me, mate? Like, <laughs> uh, I've shown you five teams it's done really well for. If it hasn't done well for you, I'm sorry. But I, I, I don't know if you've seen my tweet before we come on here, but I genuinely, this is a, this is a serious comment I had on a video of doing a tactic tester video someone wrote on it saying don't like tactic uh don't like downloading a tactic <laughs> to me that's cheating i thought why did you click on the video then <laughs> exactly <laughs> why are you watching the video you can clearly see it's me talking about a tactic before you even click on it because i'll talk about the, the title includes me talking about a tactic why click on it what a waste of time but yeah <laughs> that's one thing i do not miss is is wrestling's wrestling fans opinions and stuff on twitter like the beef we used to have on twitter jesus christ don't miss that <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, you've had that beef in the in the FM community. Oh well. God, haven't I just? Um, thankfully, though, I can talk about it on here because I don't. I doubt much of the FM community will hear it. But everything that I did that video on, 
it came out as true. And the guy who I did the video about was sacked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and the owner uh, messaged me and said, you know, what's Come your back. opinion of this? <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't. But I was I was thinking, is he going to? Is he going to? Because, but no, he didn't. I wouldn't have gone back anyway, unless I had a lot more control over things than what I did previously um, to stop the same thing happening. But when he told me the reason why he was sacked, I was like, well, I complained to you about that. And he goes, did you? And he looked all the way back through the conversations. And back in January, I sent him the exact same thing. So he was like, yeah, my apologies. You did. So I was like, told you you sat there on guy. So, uh, yeah, all that, all that beef I had, I was, I was right in the end, which is, is, is fine. I don't like being wrong, Max and Paul. I don't like being wrong. So thankfully, um, it all came out as I was, I was, I'm, I'm fine. I'm in the clear. That, that quiz must have really hurt you last year then. It seriously did. I was wrong a lot. <laughs> so, um, Luke, by the time this uh, this episode drops, FM21 will be out of beta, be in full circulation. Uh, we'll get those kind of like day one patches sorted and yeah. uh, you'll be deep into into creating content for it. Stuff like your tactic testing that you mentioned, uh, the amazing Twitch series that you do. Um, and then last season, if you had the the the, the Antac Frankfurt save, which was one of my absolute favourites. Youth to go, which is a, it's always a good time. And uh, the, the amazing world Rotterdamination, I thought that was a brilliant concept. Yeah. Um, What's what's your plans for for Football Manager Twenty One? Are you going to be bringing back some of these uh, these contents, or are you going to be bringing something kind of new and and untried to the table? So FM Twenty was a bit of an experiment phase for me um, to see what worked, what didn't work, what can make my channel grow the most, what I enjoy the most, and serious stuff like World Rock Domination. Don't get me wrong, absolutely loved it, but for a channel my size, is it healthy for a channel my size? Probably not. Because although the first episode banged over a thousand views quite quickly, by the episode, the very last episode, which was a Champions League final, it barely scraped 500 views. Um, so they were a big drop off. Massive drop off, and that's because it's a series. If you don't, if you don't watch from the beginning, you're very unlikely to pick it up season five. So I've I've kind of learnt from that, um, and. I think you've seen a few of the things I did in FM 20, like the seven season, the seven deadly seasons, which I basically just simulate um, seven seasons, but I do it across like three or four episodes. So it's, it's easy to digest. You don't have to make a huge commitment in your life every Monday, Wednesday, Friday to watch it. Um, It's very easy to watch. Um, So they, they might eventually come back, but for now on the YouTube channel, it's I'm staying away from series stuff. It is going to be player spotlights. It is going to be, tactic testers it's going to be a lot of um instructional stuff wonder kids uh things that will help people um play the game experiments which people might find interest instead and then on the twitch side of things i've started this weekend just because it got to friday and i had actually played the game because i was doing so much content for it i actually played a match and i thought christ in a minute i'm gonna have to do videos on something to do with the match or something to do with the actual game and i'm not gonna know what i'm talking about because i haven't played it so i thought right i'm gonna do a series i'm gonna do a stream so i streamed iron trick frankfurt again on fm21 and it was amazing what a weekend i just had streaming wise like the interaction we've got i managed to pick up some like iron trick frankfurt fans like uh the ultras doing hype videos 
so I was like belting out hype videos before and the chat was going nuts. So I was like, this is fantastic, like interaction wise. Um, so I'm going to try and keep stuff like that happening. So throughout the beta, I'm going to do Eintracht Frankfurt, leave that for a little bit and then uh, going to go to Youth to Gold again on the Twitch save. I had a team in mind. I don't know whether it's going to change now because for Youth to Gold, obviously you're not allowed to use 30 plus. And Ryan Cassidy messaged me about an hour ago and said, why have you picked this team? Their five best players are over 30 and they've all just signed for the club. I'm like, oh, are they? <laughs> I literally, and he goes, well, why did you pick them then? I said, well, one, their name is funny. And two, they had a really nice kit. So, <laughs> Versberger Kickers, which is a funny name. And they've got a gorgeous red and white kit. That's the, that's the two reasons Priorities. why I picked them. Yeah. So, I didn't look at the club at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the plan for... For 21 is uh, a youth to go to save once the beta is out of the way um, I have the week off next week so I can smash as much content as I physically can and it makes simulations a lot easier as well because at the minute for like player spotlights we're having to guess who's good or who's not when the full game comes out because I know my way around the editor the pre-game editor because I've played the game for so long now uh, I know how to find these players before I know how to set up the simulator so it's easier to do uh so that's going to be my job next week is finding all of those hidden gems that we love to find uh on the game a lot easier than trial and error so well, you're I, saying I, we're not we're not going to get a conquering the eastern block of russia this no this year. not that sucked not on YouTube anyway. So my, my, my kind of idea of thinking was, because that, that was a successful series as well. But again, it was on YouTube and by the end of it, viewers dropped off. Um, whereas when you stream, your viewers are only ever going to pick up. So my, my, my thinking is start off with the Youth to Gold. See how long that will take me because it's not going to take me the whole of FM unless... It's the uh, the other series I did where I kept getting sacked all the time, so that <laughs> that wasn't fantastic. But um, so I'll do the Youth to Gold. Then after that, then I think it's time to do a conquering one and more of a journeyman save because Youth to Gold is going to be one club. Uh, then I think spicing up a little bit, going from one club to a a journeyman type of save and a conquering save like conquering Scandinavia. Um, I think would be perfect, like a conquering South America, something like that. Is something that I'll be really interested in doing. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Butchering those names. Absolutely. <laughs> My dyslexia comes in use. <laughs> you don't you don't fancy uh taking on the Welsh Premier League, do you? Wales is the place to be now. I'm a I'm a celebrity's happening there and we've just seen uh um Ryan Reynolds has brought yeah. Wrexham. What is your team, by the way, Paul? My team's my team's Liverpool. I, uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, that there you go team. then. That really, yeah, that really good. Well, it's close to Wales. <laughs> I'll give you that. If you had to pick a Welsh team, who would it be? Um. Well, my local team's Cumbrian Town. I couldn't even tell you if they still exist. Um, they're, they're, <laughs> they were a Welsh Premier League team and they had a few dalliances in the uh, UEFA Cup back in the day. I remember the Dynamo Kiev beat them like 12 nil once, I think. Yeah. Well, Paul, um, you are really selling this journey in Wales. <laughs> really selling it. If I had to, if I had to pick, uh, you know, like a, a big Welsh team, one of the big Welsh teams, uh, I, I lived in Cardiff for three years, so yeah. I'd have to pick Cardiff City. Yeah, I mean, my, Ryan Cassidy, who we've mentioned already, who's kind of like my tactician, he every year does a Welsh 
bottom tier, as low as you can physically download database-wise and takes him to the top and see if he can conquer Europe with them. He does that every year. I do not have the patience for that. Uh, I do not have the patience for that. I would like do a couple of seasons in the Welsh Premier, but as soon as I had won the league with the with the team I was at, I wouldn't try and win the Champions League or anything with them because it would it would just take far too long. Uh, don't have the patience for those kind of things. <laughs> Is that kind of thing possible on Football Manager? Could could you yeah. could you do that? Yeah, so Jack Weck the Space, who's the biggest FM YouTuber, he's got over 150, uh, 120,000 subscribers, sorry. Um, I watched him do a series, and it's my favourite ever series, even out of all the ones that I've done or watched. It's my favourite ever series because I watched it from the beginning to the very end. Uh, he created a club in Gibraltar called Gibraltar Apex. Uh, he started in the second league of Gibraltar, worked his way up to the top, and then won like try to win the Champions League with this Gibraltar team and bring Gibraltar as a nation to a World Cup. Uh, and I don't, I can't remember. I don't think he ever did win the Champions League. I can't remember if Gibraltar managed to get to the World Cup or the Euros. He did one of them, I think. Um, but it was the most fun save I've ever seen and watched because it is a huge journey of years and years into the game, like 25, 30 years into the game. Uh, and it was brilliant fantastic right. but so it is doable just not by me <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna test your scouting skills now all right sounds so good. so me and magsy here if we were in the game yeah what do you think our top attributes would be oh that is a good one okay mags i reckon would be tackling I could just see Mags just being like a little bulldozer and just running just to annihilating people and just <laughs> Just completely destroying people like that. And Paul, I see you as like a technical guy. I reckon you'd have high technique. High technique. I think you'd be, Paul, like an Ebra. So you wouldn't be the fastest player, but you'd have the technique to back it up. And Magsy would be like a a Gattuso. (laughs) I was thinking Razor Ruddock. Razor Ruddock. You'd be like a Gattuso, Mags. People would like hate to play against you but they'd love to have you in their team because it would be like Max we need you to do your, do us a favour today what's that boss Kill. you see that number 10 with the pink boots yeah I need you to just stay on him all game and make his life fucking hell you're like yep got it and that's what it would be <laughs> yeah. and make him listen to why we watch all, all Max then <laughs> yeah but I'd enjoy that <laughs> so uh, Luke um, I want to kind of round this this portion off with uh i want to know what you want to come out of 2021 uh in terms of of the channel uh, in terms of the content uh where do you want to be this time next year oh it's a good question um and i'm going to give you what i want and then a realistic answer because i don't i think they're two different things right now um best case scenario is i'd be full-time I'd have a channel big enough to sustain a living um, and because then I'd be able to do it more and it's something that I love doing and I, I don't know if you, you you both follow me on Twitter, you probably see me moan about it a lot. I fucking hate my job. Um, so <laughs> to be able to do that as a full-time job would be superb. It would give me a lot more time in the day as well because I wouldn't be spending my working day going to work and then coming home and doing this for three or four hours. Um, so that would be dream scenario definitely to, to build. And I, I don't really know a ballpark number, what that would have to be. Um, 
really. I, I know a couple of channels who are around about the 30,000 to 40,000 mark who are full time. So that's, you know, it's not achieve. It's not, I don't see it as achievable, but then go off on a little bit of a tan- tangent. Zealand, who is one of the biggest now channels and one of the biggest streamers, most entertaining bloke you can watch in a stream. He did his first video um, on YouTube for FM20, and he now has 60,000 subscribers. So within a year, he built a channel from nothing to 60,000. So it is possible to do. Um, but realistically, I don't think it's possible for me to do within a year. So at the end of 2021, a realistic number, I'd like to be close to 20K. And even then, I think that is that's a struggle because... In July, when I reached 5,000 subscribers, I was like, right, 10,000 by Christmas. Now we are like a month and two weeks away, or a month and a week away, so five weeks. I'm nowhere near 10K, so it's it's difficult. Um, and I've never had that where I haven't reached a goal yet. So far on the channel, it was, right, I want to reach 1,000 subscribers before Christmas, which was last year. Did that. Right, I want to reach 2,500 subscribers before Valentine's Day. Did that. Right, I want to reach 5,000 subscribers before my birthday. Did that. Now it's like, right, I want to reach 10,000 before Christmas and I'm nowhere near it and I'm like, bollocks. So I have like took a bit of a, a confidence um, dip from that. Um, pick myself up, dust myself off and so far so good in FM21. The numbers aren't as high as what I'd like them to be, but they're a lot better than the, what they have been on my channel. So yeah, so 2021, I'd like to stream a lot more. And make that bit more substantial because I was very inconsistent throughout FM20 with with streaming. Um, and the more you stream, or the more consistent you stream, the more likely you are to have people coming back. Um, so yeah, those are those are kind of my realistic goals and what Luke really wants, which isn't very likely. Dream, believe, achieve. That's that's my old kind of mantra. If you yeah. if you push yourself, uh, even if you don't exactly reach the goal you've set out, you're still uh, improving day on day. And with our uh, football manager twenty one uh, coming out, I'm I'm sure that'll help with a, a big boost in in uh, in views and 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 uh, subs anyway. So hopefully, uh, it's still uh, it still could be achievable. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I posted today actually, so. Three days ago, I reached 6,000 subscribers, and I was like, cool, nice, right, roll to 10K. And then today, uh, I looked at my subscriber count for the first time since then, and it was 6,504, I think it was, something like that. So I was like, Christ, 500 subscribers in, like, three days. So I quoted that tweet with the tweet of 6,500 and put, like, little milestones, like, on the road to 10K. And I had a guy called Rich Lee message me who I spoke to quite a lot in the DMs. And um, he's a FIFA YouTuber with two, nearly 200,000 subscribers. So he does it full time. Uh, and I spoke to him quite a lot. But he loves football manager stuff. And he used to watch my stuff on FM Scout. And he wrote to me saying, like, don't see that as a little milestone. Think of that as how much of a percentage of your channel that is to gain in three days. Like, mm-hmm. that is fantastic growth. And I thought, oh, he's actually right, to be fair. I come home and said that to, to the message, and she said, yeah, but also think of it this way. Put 500 people out of our front door and think that's how many people subscribe to you in the last three days. And I was like, yeah, actually, that's, that is quite a lot. I think sometimes 
it is great to be like, right, I want more, I want more. I want to set unrealistic goals so that I can't ever achieve them, but I will achieve the best that I can possibly achieve. Um, and then like the disappointment is I'm keep striving for more and more, but also at the same time, you've got to sit back and appreciate what you actually have done and kind of like pat yourself on the back sometimes because you can beat yourself up about it. And I think that's the problem I had when I had a confidence dip. I beat myself up because I was nowhere near 10K. I know I'm not going to make 10K for Christmas. And I started like contemplating, am I ever going to get to full to be a full-time YouTuber? Whereas if I'd looked back and thought, look, you managed to get 5,000 subscribers in just over a year that's quite unheard of for a football manager channel. Really, it would have been the boost to to propel me rather than have this confidence dip that I had. So it's a balance, isn't it, at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, whilst you, you kind of put these unrealistic and kind of uh, these hard-to-achieve uh, uh, goals for yourself, the fact is that you've got so many people out there who totally enjoy your content, and that's one thing that I think you could be incredibly proud of. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's not a problem. Um, so let's uh, let's round this off with uh, a Mount Rushmore scene as we are a technically a Mount Rushmore podcaster. Absolutely. What, uh, what we uh, decided on was, uh, with this being... Uh, kind of going up towards the Christmas episode. Uh, we'd like to to hear your hopes for for 2021. So uh, you'll you'll uh, have a uh, Mount Rushmore. Me and Paul will come up with one and just kind of like what you want to come out of uh, out of the next year. So cool. let's go with you first. So I've actually done it, kept it to wrestling as well, actually, wow. because this is a, a wrestling-based podcast at, at the end of the day. So I've kept it wrestling. And my first one is, of course, I would like crowds to return to wrestling. Um, I think may, one of the main reasons why I've started going back and watching a lot of old school stuff is because I've struggled to watch the stuff now without fans. It's got better with like NXT and stuff. I, I can watch that, and it's not too bad now with the fans banging, well, the, the other like academy people, I suppose, banging on the the perspex and stuff, making an atmosphere. It's still not the same as a live crowd at a takeover, though, at the end of the day. So um, I think my number one thing on my uh, Mount Rushmore 2021 hopes is eventually have crowds to return uh, to all events, especially, but wrestling uh, for, for selfish reasons, too. I want to wrestle in front of a crowd. So for both reasons of yeah. watching and wrestling myself. Yeah, so it's a, a great one, and it's kind of uh, interesting that you went with uh, wrestling ones when we spoke in the DMs, and I said, "Man, will be wrestling centric," and my first one's actually not really that much to do with wrestling, to be fair. <laughs> um, so my first hope was uh, that we have a learn to live with, or we get some sort of vaccination for for this COVID. Uh, pandemic, this COVID uh, illness that, that's going around, uh, spending the, the best part of a year cooped up with uh, very little opportunity to have any kind of like social gathering, parties, nights on the piss, uh, moving nights, or even just like the chance to just chill and chat with your family and friends. It's been a, a draining year, physically, mentally and then you look at like the kind of political landscape that that's happened uh covid black lives matter brexit uh hashtag me too the old kind of farce of the american election it's kind of brought out the the dark and kind of 
disgusting underbelly of society. We've we've seen people who uh, who would appear on the outside to be normal, respectable uh, members of, of society. They they've been outed as bigots, racists, fascists. So my hope for for twenty twenty is that we we get this vaccination and uh, that then will lead to having a sense of normality and we kind of learn lessons from this this horrific year to be um, more open, more honest and essentially more kinder to fellow fellow human beings because we're, we're entering a new decade and the, the kind of mindsets of last year need to stay in last year because... Yeah, we we've we've kind of like took a backward step in terms of humanity, and I, I think that it'd be good if twenty twenty one we 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 made that leap forward again. Yeah, I agree. Especially like if you think about it, we've been speaking now for like two years, maybe I think on Twitter, um, and like we've never met in person. But if if like I had the opportunity to go to a wrestling show knowing that I'd meet you guys, that would be fantastic. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've met Kurt Johansson and I've met Jess. And I think that is the only two people from this that I've met before from wrestling community. And the same with like the FN community. I haven't met any of them in person. Uh, and I'd love to do that. Hopefully in 2021, it would be great to, to go to a wrestling show or even be on a wrestling card. And you guys are on it. Uh, you guys are like, coming to watch like kind of thing that would be fantastic to to meet people that you've never seen but you spoke to all the time in the flesh and like you say have a drink have a have a conversation face to face yeah absolutely it's amazing my, my favorite my favorite show i've ever been to was a progress wembley because obviously I'm, I'm with five the five nerds go collective we've yeah. all known each other speaking online for 10 years never met and we, we chose that we've got one show to go to a meet up and it is just the best it's the best feeling meet, meeting up with people you're so close with online. Yeah. Well, you, I, I bet you were nervous. Yeah, it, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. 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 But um, it you you worry that you're not going to click the same way you do. Absolutely. Uh, typing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, but we we did and you do and it's it's it, it is it's wonderful. So I, I yeah I'm with you. I'd love to I'd love to meet Darren soon. Love to meet yourself soon. Come see you wrestle. Absolutely. Hopefully, ho- hopefully next year's the year we can do all that. Yeah, it's open for sure. So, Luke, let's go back to you for your for your second pick on your hopes of uh for twenty twenty one. Okay, so kind of tying into that last one, um, I'd like to wrestle. I've mentioned it before. I'd like to wrestle in front of a big crowd. Uh, we, I touched on my debut was supposed to be in front of six hundred people. The thought of that as scary as that is, is also like, oh, what, you know, oh, you do, re- you, you wrestle, do you? Yeah, yeah. My debut was in front of 600 people. That would have been the coolest thing ever to say. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So I, I can say now I wrestled in front of six people on my debut. Uh, so it's, it's very different. But if I, if I have one, another hope for, for 2021 in the wrestling world is that, there is a, a big crowd. And like I mentioned, my friends, my family are there. Um, I know Kurt Johansson's mentioned about coming down. There's a, a lot of people from the FM community who said, like, when we're allowed to, we're coming to to your your first show. Like, it's going to happen. And they're talking, like, this is Bude who lives in Manchester. Like, he wants to drive down and pick people up on the way to come to a show. So that's uh, that's another dream for, for 2021. That would be absolutely awesome. Yeah, for sure. Tyler, yeah. well, you, you you just said there you'd you'd like to 
wrestle in front of a, a decent sized crowd. So, so my, uh, my hope for 2021 is to be in one of them crowds, um, yeah. w- with you, with you in the ring, um, whether that's coming, whether you're coming up here and, uh, wrestling for a company here or, or coming down to, down to reach with you It'd be a nice day out down there. Oh, it's, it's a good, um, good place to drink down in Plymouth. Yeah. Very nice night out. Yeah. So I, I, I would, I would love that to, to, um, to travel down and, uh, and watch you perform in front of a good crowd. Um, it's been, it, it's been wonderful to see kind of how much you've progressed since we last spoke on this, spoke on this podcast and yeah. it, it wouldn't feel right not coming to watch you wrestle. So, so that's what I want to do in 2021. Yeah. That, that would be amazing. Like to have people that I know and spoke to on a, on a regular basis, they're watching that, that, that would be a lot to me, I think like, uh, it's it's kind of like quite soppy, but it would mean a lot to me because you know we we you guys I knew you guys before I even did the training and stuff like that. Uh, so it would be quite cool, very cool to have that happen. But I'm exactly the same as you, Paul. I want to go in a crowd as well. I don't want to just be wrestling in front of a crowd. I want to be in a crowd, football crowd. Uh, you know, I used to love going to wrestling shows, and it's it's not the same atmosphere anymore. I miss that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, really miss it. Hopefully it'll be back with a vengeance next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hopefully. So, Luke, let's go to you for your third pick. Cool. So, uh, I kind of uh, mentioned it when I said about like aspirations, but the potential to win a title or just even have a title match—it's um, kind of like a little milestone, a little a little tick box for me. Whether it's single or tag, I don't really mind. There's a few people who I'd love to tag with, uh, so. If the reach gods ever let it happen, um, maybe that would be quite fun to do because <clears throat> as much as like wrestling is very single orientated, unless you're like a brother of someone or you put into a tag team very early, I'm really the opposite. Like I want to experience a match with a tag team partner and be like, oh, we we won these titles kind of thing. I've always loved tag team wrestling as well. Um, so that's one thing that, I, that I'm really hoping for in, in 2021, fingers crossed, especially if Unit 10 continues on a weekly basis, there's more chance of that happening, of just having a title match. Whereas if we if they went back to the former format of one Academy show every three or four months, very unlikely it's going to happen, but still, uh, we can dream. Hashtag future reach Academy champion. You were the first one to say it, Mags, as well. You continue to say it. <laughs> one day, it will come through. Yeah, I said it that much, Jason. Uh, took me off his Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to be fair, he's actually just got rid of Twitter now. Oh, so, think... yeah. they As soon as I took over the Reach Twitter, they were like, we'll leave you with that. And then they both left Twitter. I was like, oh, all right, then. <laughs> Cheers, like, lads. Christ, yeah, I'll do all the promotion for you on here, shall I? So for, for my second one and, and our third overall, it's a, a very, very quick one. Uh, but over these last couple of years, uh, doing this podcast with uh, with Tully uh, and, and all the, the, the content that I'm involved in, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, like, like we've all said, we've made really solid friendships in this, in this community. So I hope that in 2021 that Badlands uh, continues to grow reach new years uh and we still entertain uh the amazing people who tune in every week we have a, amazing guests uh, like we do every single week and i just hope that continues to happen and, and grow and and hopefully we're kind of like you where this ends up being being a, a wage earner for us 
Well, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? I mean, you guys, I think the best thing about you two is you have great chemistry together. Like you mentioned, you are really good friends and like your shows are entertaining. And I say shows, man, it's because you're on so many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. But now I think definitely if there's, I very rarely listen to podcasts now because I used to listen to podcasts during work time. Now I don't have that opportunity. But when I do listen to a podcast, I'll normally check out a Badlands podcast or a you know or a or a Why We Thank Watch you. podcast. I come back to the to 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 Max's podcast network that he has. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a problem. I'm addicted. To <laughs> the pod father. I love it. I don't know how you do it. No, I, do I, do I, I don't. No. I, I, I share. I you... keep get off. People offer me like, "Oh, can, do you want to get involved in this?" And I don't have the heart to say no. <laughs> so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll get involved as long as I'm not having to like do all the the grunt. I'm happily turn up to someone else's podcast and <laughs> and they they do the work." You wait for next week, be cloning. Yeah, you go. Oh, uh, Paul, I've got something to say. What's that? Me and Luke are going to do an FM podcast for next week. <laughs> that, you know, I, I would, I, I would drop Badlands for, for an FM podcast. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I'm not going to steal your steal your wife. I promise. He's already been stolen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. I have to learn 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 how to share him, or uh, or just live an unhappy life. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. And that's why I try and bring you in on the on the stuff that I'm in, so you're you're involved, Paul. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Come on, Paul, <laughs> put your keys in the bowl. Come on. Move it up. So, Luke, let's let's round off your Mount Rushmore of your hopes for 2021. So my last one, um, the first three were quite selfish, to be honest, but the last <laughs> the last one uh, is more of a whole now. Um, I'd like Brit Wrestling to recover um, from the Speaking Out movement. Obviously, we had that during lockdown, and Brit Wrestling took a huge hit. Right when it was like at its peak as well, Like I think this time last year, Brit Wrestling was one of the best things in wrestling, if not the best thing in wrestling. Uh, and now you look at it, and it kind of doesn't exist mainly because of covid obviously but the speaking out movement if all of these um companies come back i don't know whether a lot of them would continue um obviously reach would be fine we didn't have any problems but a lot of the big companies and smaller ones all of their biggest stars have now been outed through the speaking out movement and rightfully so of course like i'm not saying that it shouldn't have happened um but what i'm saying is that i hope that these companies put the right things in place for protection of workers, put the right things in place, especially for women's wrestlers to make it a safe environment for them. Um, and they can continue and develop new stars because there are really good wrestlers out there that nobody's ever heard of that haven't, that isn't involved in the speaking out movement. We've got a couple down in reach who, I personally think if you put in a progress ring would not look out of place um, to say the least. And around the, around the country you, yourself and um, you, you guys know that there are wrestlers as independent wrestling fans who weren't involved in that, who could carry a company. I mean, Paul, the progress champion, Cara Noir before the speaking out movement, he was the progress champion. Rightfully so. He's the best in the company, right? 
absolutely easily and he could he could carry a company and he is one of many wrestlers the the gene monies the you know bronco brendan white who isn't part of like he's part of rev pro but i really enjoy watching um and a quite a good friend of mine so I really hope that it recovers to obviously I don't think it'll ever be the height as what it was like a year or two ago, but um it was kind of what I actually think though is before it happened it was already in a transitional stage. So we had the likes of Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven kind of move on to the WWE. And we had this new flock of people coming in. Walter obviously lost the title, um, Karnawa took over and we had Karnawa and Ilya Dragonoff and all these people come through in Brit wrestling and I just hope that it it recovers because it it was my favorite thing to watch was progress on a monthly basis whenever they brought out a new show. Um, And I'll be devastated if that turned out to be crap when everything comes back, really. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because you said said yourself um, after the the first lockdown, you didn't know whether you were going to go back to wrestling or not. That's going to be going through a lot of people's minds who haven't wrestled now for, how long has it been? seven eight months february march yeah more yeah so we really need a lot of those guys to come back yeah and i think i was reading an article the other day about um how the shows you're going to see are different are going to be different because you're used to seeing maybe one marquee name there yeah but you know to bring like an eddie kingston in all the companies who would book him that week would share his airfare and his hotel and that and if you've got fewer companies to go around are you going to get those marquee names in are people going to go and watch it's uh it's going to be a harsh 2021 i think but yeah i, I really share share your hope that it comes back kicking and kicking and screaming and certainly i'm hoping um rev pro because rev pro is my local company here i'm glad they've been able to carry on over the last few months on yeah. uh um what's well, stream on youtube now i think yeah, Twitch, um, I think, actually, isn't it? It's... Twitch and YouTube, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully they can come back uh, in the new year with crowds as well. Because that'd be, that'd yeah. be good. Because I think not only the companies and the wrestlers, but the fans come back. Because although yeah. I'm not massively a part of the wrestling community on, on Twitter now, I still see it um, where people tweet saying, Brit Wrestle is dead. Like, and there's certain people who I know used to love Brit Wrestling. Now all the, I've had to unfollow them because... I'm fed up of seeing how negative they are about Brit wrestling now. And, you know, they have right to have that opinion because of the things that happened. But for people like myself, knowing that there are people still around who um, aren't, you know, rapists or pedophiles, whatever, and just want to wrestle and are good people, like they shouldn't be tarnished with that brush or punished for what these fucking idiots have done and lose out on their opportunities in the future or have a completely different reaction towards them. They shouldn't be booed or like not cheered for because of other people when they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I think, I mean, the the one kind of a brat thing to come out of this all speaking out was it give uh, wrestling the opportunity to cut out that kind of a, that, that dark kind of seedy kayfabe boy, boys, uh, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room kind of mentality. And 
I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. I think once the opportunity is there for fans to get back to watch wrestling, I think they'll flock back. I think people have been cooped up for so long that when the opportunity arises that they can go and see the local promotions or go and see the likes of, of Progress and, and Rev Pro Live, I think that the the draw of it will 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 get them back and hopefully it'll be uh, as strong as it as it was before. Now knowing that we've cut out these these evil uh, predators out out of the business. Yeah, uh, I, when you, the way you put it like that, I can see that definitely being the case to begin with for sure. Uh, it's just <clears throat> the the company side of things. We don't know who will return. Like what companies will return because obviously not only did the speaking out thing happen, the pandemic happened. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of companies haven't run for nearly a year now. Um, so it's whether they've been able to keep the bills being paid or or something like that, um, that we might struggle to see anything happen in the future. So yeah, here's hoping. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Paul, round off our Mount Rushmore. Okay, but what I want to see, I think it's unlikely, but what I'd like to see in 2021 to celebrate hopefully crowds being back and being back in a strong number i'd like to see two three maybe four companies all get together just put on a mega show whether that be in japan with all the japanese companies i know they've been talking about it there's a lot of rumor that new japan and all japan and, and noah will get together and do a show if you've got the long the long rumored association between new japan and aew if they got together and did did a one-off show i'd like it to just just be a one-off show i don't really want to see those two merged um <laughs> long term or even dare to dream like new japan and wwe or something like that mm. Some, something crazy like that just something that sells out a stadium of you know ninety thousand people just to celebrate wrestling being back that would be that, amazing that, that's the best way to to end our Mount Rushmore. that would absolutely be amazing yeah, I, I look back on, on what you just said then, and I watched a WCW New Japan Super Show mm-hmm. at the Tokyo Dome, and it was like Sting and uh, the Great Muta versus Vader and someone or something like that. And like, imagine if that happened. I was literally thinking, imagine if that happened right now. And you you had two yeah. of the biggest like American stars against like two of the biggest Japanese stars as a team, like uh, an Okada and a Tanahashi versus, you know, Keith Lee and someone like it would be incredible. <laughs> it would be amazing. Um, that would be, that would be sick in, in any aspect. If it was a, cause like you said, then the, the Japanese show, I've seen like rumors of all Japan and new Japan working together uh, and including Noah in that as well. That would be insane. I'd, I'd watch that. I don't really know much about all Japan and Noah only, what I've seen from Twitter, but I've watched the hell out of that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would, even if they're not familiar with the wrestlers, and obviously it'd just be massive in Japan. And yeah, in a year that fingers crossed they're going to have the Olympics as well. It'd be a very true, yeah, great for them. But yeah, it, like as you say, it's happened before. Uh, WWE and New Japan has happened before. Yeah, and WCW and New Japan's happened before. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the the barriers would be in this day and age to that. Yeah. Yes, I think when WWE had a, a lot of connection with it, it was because of um, Anoki, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Ano- Anoki and being good friends with like Andre the Giant and people, and obviously Hulk used to go over there quite a lot. So that was like their, their way of being partnered with WWE. Now, I don't know what the correlation would be 
yeah. for that to happen with with Vince, unfortunately. But I think you mentioned there AEW and New Japan. There's a possibility that that could happen, and that would be fantastic because there's so many people that you'd want to see. You know, we've got we've got to see Kenny Omega and, and people like that in, on a Japanese show, like uh, these uh, Western wrestlers in a European uh, in an Eastern uh, wrestling company. It would be great to see more of that with people that we haven't seen in New Japan for sure. Definitely, yeah, because because one of my favorite uh, shows every year is uh, Fantastic uh, Mania with uh, New CMLL, Japan and, yeah. and CMLL. Imagine that, but on a much bigger scale. Yeah, it'd be the perfect way to kind of declare wrestling as being back. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like building dream matches in your head, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, putting FTR against. Ishii and someone else, Ishii and Yano or something, something crazy like that. It's, it's uh, inject that into my veins for sure. <laughs> it's limitless. It you, could just, you, could just, you could just take names out of a hat and you'd have an amazing card. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever if they literally just took names out. Right, Okada, you're, <laughs> you're going up against uh, Orange Cassidy. Like, <laughs> if they come draw style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have Tony just, Adams there. Just don't get Rod Stewart to do it. <laughs> pissed up yeah <laughs> Luke this has been absolutely amazing what we uh, what we need from you now sir is a, a topic need, uh, what would you like to hear a future Mount Rushmore uh, on oh does it have to be wrestling based or does it whatever topic you desire okay Mount Rushmore of, of Omega Luke matches <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then seeing as though I come from this kind of word, uh, have you done video games yet? We've touched on video game series. Okay. That's about it, isn't it? Then retro video games. Ooh. I like that. Would you you like to set a a date parameter for retro? Uh, When does it have to be pre? Anything before 2010. Okay. Wow, 2010's in my actual circulation, so I wouldn't even really call that retro. To be. <laughs> I'm still playing games on 2010. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's retro for me. <laughs> Luke, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, we always appreciate uh, when we get the opportunity to have you on the show. Um, let everybody know who listens to Badlands, where they can find your uh, your YouTube content, where they can find you wrestling, uh, all your social medias. Well, first of all, thank you very much, guys, for having me on. I've had an absolute blast uh, tonight, which I knew I would anyway, speaking to you two. Um, so thank you very much and keep smashing it. Keep doing an amazing job that you're doing, entertaining so many people. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Megaloop Gaming. Um, Twitter, Omega Luke, and if you want to see me wrestle, Reach Wrestling YouTube page. I am on episode five, and I believe I will be on episode eleven. Will be my second match. But um, if you want to know for sure, I'll tweet about it uh, on Omega at Omega Luke or at Reach Wrestling because I also, as we discovered, I'm the only person who ever tweets anything from that page now. So there you go. It's, it's so good for myself, though, because I'll tweet something out and retweet it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, yep. it's your favourite time of the week. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly because we're thinking two hours of this busy, busy man's time. And <laughs> <laughs> I've loved it, Paul. I'd go for another two if we could. <laughs> All right, should another rush, another rush more, is it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's go through the retro video I games. I was going to say, <laughs> retro video games. I'm back on. 
<laughs> no, we really appreciate it, Luke. It's been been a blast. I can't believe two hours it. have gone by already. Yeah, it's flung by. Um, so, so very quickly, head over to Twitter, follow us at Dej Kirkby. That's D E J Kirkby. You can follow me at Rain Counter. And you can follow the podcast at Badlands Pod. And head over to your um, podcast provider of choice and follow, um, well, not follow, like and subscribe to um, the Visionaries Global Media. Um, shooting the sports ish, Five Nerds Go and Chair Shot Media Group um subscribe to those um give us give us reviews uh, if you like what you hear and you'll find all sorts of brilliant podcasts on there most of them have darren's voice on um so (laughs) (laughs) so you can't go wrong um thanks for listening we'll be back next thursday with another episode stay safe and always use your head Chairshot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.